0: All righty. Can you hear me? Can you hear me?
1: I'm sorry. Can, there? can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you fine. I'm okay. I was...
0: What are you doing?
1: I'm, I'm putting Fox on mute on one television. Ah, okay. And I'll put it on one of the others. Leave one, Arnie wants to watch.
0: <laughs> yeah, okay, fine.
1: Let me let me I'm in my office now. Let me turn this off. I'm gonna sit in the dining room with a writer Cup book in front of me. And uh, oh, when you wanna speak about you know, singular moments mm-hmm. I think there are two that we can do that I think would be fun. Um and um one would be one certainly would be um the Jacqueline mm-hmm. Nicholas in 69. Mm -hmm. And the other would be in 75, when Jack, um, when Arnold was captain. And that year, they actually played, they actually played. uh, You're
0: going to talk about where Jack kept losing to Brian Barnes? Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. And and how how it was a setup. How Arnold had it was it was because the Ryder Cup was over. They had two singles matches, two singles sessions, the last day, and on day three, they played a lot of matches, and uh, um, 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 we had won by the morning. And uh, um, what happened was uh, uh, we had won by then. Wait, I'm just turning the pages for a second. We had won by then, and what happened was um, um, the, uh, um, um, Arnold had um, colluded with Bernard Hunt. They made an agreement to pair the two of them up again, and and uh, Barnes beat him again. And Jack suspected something, but never never really knew about it.
0: Okay. Um, again, like I said, a couple of 10-minute segments here. Okay. Uh, so so here, are you ready? I'm ready. little introduction to start. Here we go. Martin Davis is a golf historian, author, book publisher. His eight-year-old book, The Ryder Cup, Golf's Grandest Event, A Complete History, is the definitive book on the game's biennial event. Pleasure to welcome Martin Davis back to the Augusta Golf Show. How are you, Martin?
1: I'm fine, John. Thank you for the kind words.
0: Well, thank you for doing this. I promise we are going to work our way toward more current times. But I want to take advantage of having a historian on the program. Talk Mm -hmm. about, and we're coming up on 100 years of Ryder Cup. Talk about the beginning. Talk about um, how it all began.
1: Well, okay. Actually, there was a very interesting gentleman by the name of Sam Ryder, Uh, who moved to a town in England called St. Albans. And in those days, as today, most of the Brits had these wonderful gardens, little patches where they would want to plant uh, flowers. And uh, Ryder came up with the concept of doing it mail order. And the reason he moved to St. Albans is it was where three main rail lines came together. And he could send out I guess they delivered seven days a week, uh, the catalogs on Friday, and start to get by the end of the day Monday, it was pretty efficient then, uh, orders back in. And the interesting thing about it was he went from living in a cold water flat, and within 10 years he was the richest man in town, had a chauffeur and a Rolls Royce and a big mansion, and he was a a golf nut. Um, When he was 50, his doctor said, you need some exercise, and that's when he started to play golf. And he's really the one in, in modern business who can probably be credited with inventing sports marketing. He used business and sports, combined them together to, uh, to help sell his, uh, his seeds uh, by, by sponsoring these tournaments and, and using the pros and, uh, on the, the packages of, of the seeds. So, so Ryder um, was a very interesting man. Uh, he had sponsored a number of tournaments in the early '20s. And leading up to 1926 and this is some really new new information that most people aren't really aware of um, there weren't any international matches. The uh, first international match actually was in, I think it was 1913 with the French and the Americans. Um, and then in 1920, there was a sort of a pre-Ryder Cup before the Open Championship at uh, Glen Eagles, believe it or not. And the hotel, had, it was just opening then. And then and then, for 26, he had this idea for something he was going to call the Ryder Cup to foster goodwill between nations. And it was going to be America versus uh, Great Britain and Ireland. Um, and... and That Ryder Cup in 1926 at Wentworth is the first Ryder Cup. Um, It's not the first official one, and I'll tell you why in a minute, but it was the first Ryder Cup. Um, um, So Ryder um, had the British PGA put together a team, and they they put together one. And And then Ryder contacted Walter Hagen, who was our major domo over here, And Hagen pulled together an American team, and they tied it in with the Open Championship. So leading up to to, to people had to travel. You didn't get on a big jet plane and and come over. It was by water. So about half the American team had landed in Britain already for this predecessor, this this first Ryder Cup in 26 at Wentworth. And, And what happened was, there was a strike in England. It was called the General Strike. And it was 800. It started with 800,000 coal miners, which I think was the biggest industry in Britain at the time. That's how they heated and, and you know, cooked and everything. Um, went on strike. And in sympathy, all the other uh, labor unions went on strike. And it closed the port, all the ports down. So half the American team got in and the other half didn't get in. So, Hagen uh, Quick um, contacted a few of the other players, and this is where it gets a little murky and confu- not murky, but it gets confusing. Um, like Tommy Armour, and these players were living in the, in, in the United States, but came over, to, but were from Britain and came over to play in the Open Championship. Uh, And Armour eventually, and I'm not sure if he was by then or not, but became an American citizen. So half the team was um, was uh, um, uh, Americans and the other half were expats that were living in America Uh, and people like, I mean, terrific players. I mean, Johnny Farrell um, um, uh, uh, came over or was supposed to come over. Sarazin, neither of them made it over. They couldn't get into the port. So we had this, this very small—we had this, this team that was um, a little crazy. So they, they played the Ryder Cup, and in, in all of our—I won't get into all the details, but in all of our research, we found out that the Ryder Cup, we went back to who manufactured it and where it was assayed, you know, determining the quality of the gold and all of that, that they stamp on the cup. Um, the Ryder Cup was ready for the 1926 Ryder Cup, not 1927. And if you look at the Ryder Cup logo today, you'll see on the logo it says 1927. But the first real Ryder Cup was 26. Now, how do we know that? If you go back to the measured media at the time, what we would call measured media today, the the big media then, so places like the New York Times, the Herald Tribune, which was another big New York paper, the Associated Press, um, I think Reuters was in there, the Times of London, the Sunday Times, there were nine of them, including a magazine. And in all of their reports, and we have in our book, we have clippings of this, where in 1926, they're calling it the Ryder Cup. That's what it was. But Sam Ryder, here's the payoff to the story. Sam Ryder decided not to give out the trophy, which the Brits really won. They won that first one because the Americans didn't field what what he felt was going to be their full team and that's when they decided to to bring it to to the united states and and that's when the 27 one is considered the first official one and that was played at Worcester up in massachusetts
0: um we just we got a couple of minutes left before we we have to take a break but but i and i and i need to fast forward in this respect through about the first 45 or 50 years maybe we want to think differently But through about the first 45 or 50 years, the Europeans would pop up every now and then, maybe every two or three Ryder Cups and win, wouldn't they?
1: Well, exactly. Um, What happened with the first handful was if it was played in the United States, we'd win. If it was played over there, they'd win. And then all of a sudden, um, i I like to say the cream rose to the top, and um, we just started dominating. Until the point came when... It it, it was so lopsided. I mean, it was, you know, the Americans would wear their fancy blazers and uh, have a good time wherever wherever it was and, you know, play some money games beforehand with everybody. And and then they'd win the cup and go home. Um, And and it was it was really an aberration when the when the Brits would win. Um, And actually, it was was Nicholas who went to uh, Lord Brabazon, I think his name was, and said, um, we've got to do something to to really infuse some more uh, uh, enthusiasm into this because it's been to one side, and that's when he suggested that the Europeans uh, be included, and of course that was, of course, the day of Seven, who was you know at one point the best player in the world, um, and uh, and so that that sort of that that that's sort of the second part of Ryder Cup history. And that's when um, the, the Europeans really started to do well. Which, and we can talk about this after the break. in, um, you know, what uh, Tony Jacklin was the was the captain um, in '87, and he was very famous with Nicholas in in '69 um, uh, 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 for the for the concession. But it was in '87 when the Europeans won. The Ryder Cup for the first time on American soil.
0: Okay, we'll stop right there. You're killing me. You're killing. Me. I only got two questions in in ten minutes. You're killing me.
1: Okay, I'm sorry. Well, that's okay. That's why you should do it. Do, do the, to give me a two hour film. <laughs> That's okay.
0: All right. So here's what we'll do in the in these last ten minutes. I'm going to break right there after what you said. We're in the two ten, in the in the ten minutes we have left, let's okay. let's talk about. Um, let's briefly touch on Kiowa. Let's talk about the rivalries.
1: I'm not. Listen, I'm not. I think there's better stuff to talk about. Okay. Kiowa.
0: All right. Uh,
1: so, I, so you, what else would you want to do?
0: Um, we can talk about the rivalries.
1: Okay. Um, I can do that. I'll do that quick. And talk about you. the
0: seminal the seminal moments out of them, out of the Ryder Cup.
1: Okay. Well, the, and the two seminal moments that I want to mention yeah. would be the serious one with Jacqueline, and then in. in yep. In 69, and then uh, 75 went on as captain.
0: And then I'll probably end up by asking what do you think of the event now? Do you think it's where it should be? Is it over the top? What do you, you know?
1: Oh, absolutely. Okay. Okay. I'll wait till then.
0: All right. So here we go. Welcome back to the Augusta Golf Show. Talking with Martin Davis. Martin is a golf historian, author, book publisher. His book, The Ryder Cup, Golf's Grandest Event, A Complete History, is the definitive book of the game's biennial event. Uh, continuing our conversation with Martin Davis. You mentioned in the first segment, um, 87 at Muirfield Village and the um, mm-hmm. and the Europeans winning on our soil. It, it did sort of seem to to jump off at that point didn't it it
1: it had it had started a little bit earlier when they were they came close they came close they won but in europe and then in 87 it was the great rivalry of of jacqueline and nicholas as as the captains and we were supposed to win again and um, it, th- that was i was I was at that one. it was it was fantastic.
0: You know, you mentioned uh, you mentioned rivalries. It's a team event, but it's a team event made up of of, of twelve individuals on mm-hmm. on each team. And through its history, some rivalries have sort of been spawned in this event, haven't they?
1: Absolutely. Um, the first one was it was a fellow by the name of George Duncan who won the British Open. He was a Brit from um, in nineteen twenty. And it was he and Walter Hagen, and they went head to head in open championships, U.S. Opens. One would finish first, the other would finish, you know, would finish eighth, or it, 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 and it went back and forth. And they really didn't like each other. And, and Duncan also had, if you ever see a picture of him, he had what I call the greatest hair ever in golf. He had this thick mane of of uh, black hair that looked like it was it was slicked down with bear grease i mean it was he, he was very distinctive but he and um uh hagen went at it, uh, it both in um uh, foursomes and in singles um back and forth and back and forth um and duncan really got the better of, of hagen out of probably five times that they played um Dunk, duncan 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 won i think uh, four of them it, it, some of it was it was as part of in foursomes um but it was, it, was, it was pretty exciting. Uh, the other, other rivalries, of course, was, was Hogan and Henry Cotton. And there's an interesting story about, about that. In the 1948 uh, Ryder Cup at Portland Golf Club, that was the first one after World War II, um, Henry Cotton um, went to, on the eve of the Ryder Cup, went to the officials and said, I think the Americans are playing with illegal clubs. Does this sound like square grooves or not? And he insisted that they be uh, inspected. Um, Part of the story is that they thought that that uh, uh, Cotton couldn't believe how Hogan could stop the ball on the greens. So we thought it had to be illegal clubs. It wasn't wasn't this this immense um, talent. So they checked the the Americans' clubs the night before, and they were all fine. Uh, Fast forward to the next Ryder Cup, um, Hogan is, Mr. Hogan is the the uh, non-playing captain because of the accident, um, comes to the night before the Ryder Cup in, in England, and turnabout's fair play. So Hogan goes to the officials and says, one of which was Bernard Darwin, the great English writer, and he said, I think the Brits are playing with illegal clubs. So they checked the clubs, and guess what they found? That a couple of them were playing with the legal grooves on their clubs, whether they knew it or not, I don't know. And that night, the, um, the head pro at the club, in the days they used to do this, filed down the faces of the clubs to, to make them conforming. But and that that spawned a great rivalry there, and it was also uh, the, that got the teams involved. But then, of course, there was the, the rivalry with Jack, listen, uh, Jacqueline and Nicholas, um, where, where Jack conceded that putt for the half, and of course, with Azinger, he had two rivals. First, it was Seve. I mean, they went at it tooth and nail. And then later, it was of course Faldo. And then, uh, then finally, um, you know Montgomery. Um, you know, I, I don't think I don't think it was the he he was rivalry. He had a rivalry with everyone. <laughs> so it was all the American team and all the American fans. Nobody liked Monty were- for whatever reason it was.
0: We're talking with Martin Davis here on the Augusta Golf Show. You mentioned Jack and, and Tony Jacklin and the concession. Mm-hmm. Um would that would you look at that as being a seminal event in the in the in the cup?
1: Um absolutely. Um absolutely. Um that was uh you know, Jack gets and, and rightfully so, Jack gets the credit for for um conceding the putt to Jacklin. It was a two-foot putt, eighteen-inch putt, two and a half foot putt. Uh, that caused a half. We retained the trophy. Uh, Sam Snead was the uh, captain of the American team. He was mad as hell at Jack for conceding because he wanted to win outright. But as long as we retained the trophy, it it didn't matter. But the real star of that Ryder Cup was Jacqueline. you got to remember, at that time, he had won both the British Open and and our Open. And, uh, I mean, he was the best player for a long time out out of Great Britain. He, Tony was just a not only a great guy but a, a fabulous player,
0: and and also uh, give me one more, give me one more moment.
1: Well, this is a funny one. Nineteen seventy-five, Arnold caps off his Ryder Cup career as the captain, and it's it's Arnold, and they're playing at Laurel Valley, which is you know right near Latrobe, not far away. And um, on the last day, they typically played, uh, or or in in those days, they played two sets of singles matches. So you could play singles in the morning and singles in the afternoon as well on day three. And in the morning, luck of the draw in the last group was Nicholas against a fellow named Brian Barnes. And Brian Barnes was a real character, a good player, but best way to describe him was he was the ultimate journeyman. And he played with a lit pipe in his mouth and never took the pipe out of his mouth. Putting, driving, didn't matter. Iron shots, sand shots, it was uh, bunker shots, it was, it was, he played with a pipe. And he beat Jack four and two in the anchor match. Now, by the end of the first session on day three, we had already retained the cup. I mean, it, it was, for all intents and purposes, it was over. So now it comes to the singles in the afternoon. Now, we've got the cup. And apparently, (laughs) Arnold spoke to Bernard Hunt, and they kind of put their heads together, and they put Nicholas against Barnes. Now, it was supposed to be, you know, we submit our names one through Mm -hmm. however many are playing, and they're supposed to do the same. But they agreed to put Nicholas and Barnes in the last match to see what would happen. And Jack thought it was kind of strange that he drew Barnes again. Barnes beat him a second time uh, Nicholas was at the, at the, the height of his powers. Hmm. I mean, this is 1975. Um, he, he had won, if you remember, he had won the masters that year. Um, and he, he was without question, the best player in the world. And this journeyman beat him. I mean, head to head, he, Jack didn't give up. He beat him two and one in the afternoon. And, uh, Jack asked Arnold about it later. And Arnold just kind of smiled and winked at him. Huh. <laughs> of course they had set it up. D-
0: does, does the historian in you like where we are with the Ryder Cup right now? Is it too big? Is it too much over the top? Would you like to see some of the toothpaste put back in the tube?
1: You know what? It's a different event than anything else in golf. And it's just pure fun. I mean, people go. You've been there, John. People go with, with, with the costumes on. They start singing. They start chanting. um, That ole 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 with the the Europeans do. Um, It's just it's just fun. That's why I called it the grandest event in the game because it's just it's big. I mean, they're going to have this year even um, uh, hopefully the COVID won't be a problem. They're going to have forty thousand people a day there. They're going to have a full house. You have to remember, you know, in the morning when they're when they're playing, you're only going to have a few matches. You know, forty thousand people can't 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 crowd on two or three holes at a time. Uh, so they have these big jumbotrons that you can you can watch it on. And there's there's also there's <laughs> not by the players but by the fans there's a lot of drinking going on as well. I mean it's just a fun atmosphere, and it's fun and, and they play games. I mean we're used to playing um, four ball where you and I are partners against mm-hmm. two others that are partners, best ball of the of the foursome. Uh, of, of the two teams well they also play something that the europeans are much more um, uh, at playing and, and have been playing for a long time and that's called foursomes we would call it alternate shot and that's that's a very difficult thing because you get into positions and places and lengths of shots that you typically don't have and then then the singles it's um it's it, it's a wonderful i mean it, it's just it's just pure fun i wouldn't change a thing I hope it gets bigger and bigger and bigger.
0: Martin's book is called The Ryder Cup, Golf's Grandest Event, A Complete History. Uh, Martin, thank you for saying yes to this. Enjoy enjoy the Ryder Cup, and, and we'll, we'll talk again.
1: And, and as a matter of fact, we're going to be updating the book right after uh, the Ryder Cup. As soon as it's over, we're going to be adding a chapter and updating all the statistics, and, and hopefully it'll be out about Christmas time. Thank you, sir. Thank you perfect we did okay yep i'm, I'm sorry i got there's That's, just so much to talk i know about with i the know i know you know there's there's I've, um, I've
0: seen your book i know
1: you know i mean